0: Yeah, they All
1: right, welcome back to the boys 161st Street, episode 227. The Yankees have won some games. We're recording this one before the final game in a four-game series against the Minnesota Twins. Um, it's interesting. I mean, everybody knows that the Twins are a punching bag. So um, I'd be uh, curious to see if this winning streak continues beyond the Twins. It's looking pretty decent right now, but you never know because they just have the Twins number. But uh, a lot of things to discuss here. I have a very interesting article that I want to bring up and towards the back half uh, that we posted on the story, actually. So if you gave it a read... Um, congrats on reading.
2: Nice. Snaps to you. Yeah, that's yeah, clap it's to a lost, yourself there, Luke. It's a lost
1: art nowadays. I don't really like reading, but this was oh, a fun yeah, read. It was um about how Judges potential sixty homer season is arguably the most impressive slash hardest to do. Uh you know, so the other people that have done it at Bay Roger Maris, Sammy Sosa three times, Mark McGuire and Barry Bonds. So uh, a lot of fun stats there. Some that you kind of could uh, could guess, some that you really really never thought about until reading this article. But link in the uh, in the podcast description. Give that a read. But we'll talk about it and other stuff. Just recapping what uh, what's going on in Yankees land right now. Like IKF is apparently uh, our new cleanup
3: hitter. So how you, how you boys doing?
2: Great. Thank God for the Twins. That's all I can say.
3: Dude, did you see that stat that we're 114 and 39 against the Twins since 2002?
2: I mean, that w- it, it could not have come in a better time for us. Yeah, you ain't fucking lying we, about we that. Ne- we needed a couple wins to like get our confidence back. It's
3: not back yet. I don't think it is oh, back yet. God, no. Did you no. see the <laughs> fucking lineup we rolled? No, out I know, yesterday? but I'm saying. Ronald like, Guzman was hitting cleanup, I, by the way. Let's nip that in the butt real quick. He needs to just be. Send turned. that motherfucker Go. to the sun. All in favor of saying Ronald Guzman to the sun? Aye. 0 for Aye. 5 Aye. with I mean, 4Ks and a lazy ass double play? Does it, doesn't he hate the Yankees? Absolutely. Yes. Okay. Boom. He hates the Yankees. New right? member of the Sun. Isn't signed, almost, sealed, delivered.
0: Did I make this up, or is he like some guy that's supposed to like also be able to pitch?
3: No, he made that up. No, Ronald Guzman's <laughs> know, like a. I'm like
0: pretty. I'm like pretty sure the idea was that he would be able to pitch and hit.
3: I think that's just not like correct. coming up or like bringing him Dude, up. He's like, like 38. I mean, he's a he whole, hasn't had an no, at like, bat like, in 800 yeah. days. I don't think he was here as a pitcher.
0: Maybe he was no, no. I mean, coming up like today. I mean, like I meant like like an MLB ready thing, but I'm pretty sure in the minors he's pitching. But I could be wrong.
3: I mean, that would have been
1: in like 1936. Uh, Yeah, I don't think so. Um, While we're on the topic of the sun, we did not put IKF on the sun uh, at the end of last episode. We said this before hitting record that we were going to. Um, Are we still going to do that even after the grand slam and the cleanup? And third base I third base third base IKF we think we can all agree. Short stop IKF. A little yes. bit of a different person. Yeah. So are we gonna split it down the middle and say like shortstop IKF is a different guy and he can go on the sun alone? Or are we gonna do Interesting the entire IKF goes on the sun and the I think here, how about this?
3: Murph, I think you're too Sit big of on. a sun purist.
1: Since we all were, we purist. all were in there agreement. We all were in agreement that he was going to the sun at the end of last episode. Let's just assume that we were good podcast hosts and we did our job and remembered to put him on the sun. Mm-hmm. Is this enough to take him off the sun, hitting the grand slam and playing relatively good uh, third you base? You are
0: physically painting me, why, as a sun purist? Because. If he was on the sun, if we put him on the sun on Monday, I would not be ready to take him off today. Okay.
1: I think that's what we should, how we should look at it we because didn't we were put, supposed we to.
0: Didn't, we didn't put him on the sun.
3: We were supposed we didn't, to. There
0: was, we were supposed to, but we didn't. And maybe that's a sign from the sun god saying he wasn't ready. Shortstop
3: IKF is absolutely on the sun.
0: Yeah, but then that gets too cute with
3: it. No, it doesn't. It's no, our it own does, thing. We're um, having fun with it. Who gives I mean, a can, shit? He should never say, play. Oh, he should never sun. play fucking gonna, shortstop again on this team. And if he does, I'm immediately going to be pissed off and want him to be on the sun again.
1: And here's my thing, Murph. You can make the argument. Not you can make the argument. I just think we, we lost a little bit of interest in the sun. Forgot about it. He should have been on the sun a long time ago. Not just yeah, I Monday.
0: I agree with that. So,
1: but he hasn't been. But well, we, we just we, we just neglected our off. jobs. As the, the keepers we of the
0: sun, we, and we can own that. But now I'm not ready to put him on the sun now, because if he goes back to short and stops hitting, I'll be the first person. When he goes back to, to kind of short sun. and
3: stops hitting, not if, then when we,
0: then we'll put him. Then we'll put him on the sun. Then until then, if he's playing third and he is he's got two
3: well in the last games at third games, and he's got a hundred plus so at short. Forward,
0: going forward. You don't know. I'm saying it as he, a son
3: Pierce. Happens. You're willing to erase you. You are over here riding all fucking high and mighty about how you're a son Pierce. You're willing to erase 120 games of work over two.
0: Listen, if we put him on the sun on Monday, yeah, checkmate. Fine, we didn't
3: <laughs> checkmate. And
0: he and, and I'm not ready to put him on the sun right now.
3: Checkmate. That, I think you're being a little ridiculous. On Monday,
0: I could change my mind. You are being ridiculous. Right. That's fine. He's not so our,
1: so he's not on the sun. Now.
0: Not yet. Ridiculous.
1: This rule that it has to be absolute unanimous is just ridiculous.
2: We
0: created this because him. I no,
2: I'm not inside. Are you what? No, I thought about it for a second. I'm not inside.
0: He knows I have a point.
2: He, I know, I know he has a point, but he does not.
3: Have a point. I made the point. I made the point. You're gonna erase 125 games for two. <laughs> he should have been on the sun a well, very, no, very, you're very you're long kidding. time ago.
0: He's terrible. Pulling him off the sun based on his last two games. No, I was
3: was just
1: posing the question because I assumed that the across the board here, we were going to be all in agreement that he was already on the sun. We just forgot to put him there.
3: That's why I think we put shortstop IKF on the sun is because he's not going to play third much longer. He's going the minute. The minute we touch a playoff game, if we even do that, or a game where it's close enough, you know is going to be on the bench. It doesn't matter if he's hitting 900. So that, he's going to be on the bench. IKF is the shortstop of this team in any meaningful game. You know it. The two of you sitting in the fucking room with me know it. I don't For agree. better or for fucking worse, IKF is going to be starting a shortstop in important games for this team. I don't think so. So that's why I'm cool with putting well, shortstop I IKF. Right. I think that third base IKF is the anomaly, so... We'll Wait, let him. We'll can let I, him can walk I free. just throw
1: in? Can I just throw in a couple of fun stats with uh, just IKF in general? Man, I'm pissed. Um, really? Well, let's let's yeah. dive into that conversation a little bit. But I just wanted, to, while we're on the topic of IKF, he is uh, seven for ten this season with bases loaded. So that might be one of the <laughs> one, one, of, one of the, uh, the most, one of the that. stats that Mister Boone looked at when. Uh, you know, that's one of those stats that I think somebody in the analytics department walked into Boone's office was like, and right after the the grand slam, was like, "Hey, did you know that I can have a seven for ten with bases loaded?" And he was like, "Put him at cleanup. That's that's our cleanup hitter right there." So he's seven for ten for bases loaded, and he has more RBIs with runners in scoring position than Carlos Correa has with the Twins. So I thought <laughs> I thought that was that's the shortstop that we were supposed to get versus the one that we got, and I think. Based on that set and that stat alone, we got the better shortstop. So, pretty
0: That's bold nice. of you to assume that putting him in cleanup means, means, that. means that. that. And this is from our <laughs> good friend, Playoff Tanaka. Since the trade deadline, you want to hear him. some players that have a lower he war than IKF?
1: A war lower
3: than IKF since the trade deadline? Yeah, I saw this that. This is
0: so blasphemous that I don't know if it's actually true, so we might need to fact check. <laughs> like, it very well might not it's be.
3: It's like true. Vlad Jr., Juan Soto.
0: Juan Soto, Vlad Jr., Jose Ramirez, Pete Alonso, Jordan Alvarez, Kyle Schwarber, Rafael Devers.
1: Well, I, I believe the Kyle Schwarber thing because he had the exact same amount of home runs as a Judge, and then he still has less than forty, which is crazy. And he's the next closest to Judge. So I, I don't I don't doubt that one. The rest of that list is ridiculous. Um, I don't know how much war you get from one Grand Slam, but I think that's <laughs> that's what IKF has gotten.
3: And that's probably what the rest of them have not. And I, I haven't really seen much of their names in, in recent. I wish IKF would just just leave him at third. Don't ever let Donaldson play again. And everybody's happy. He's happy because everybody doesn't hate him anymore.
1: Well, but I talked about it last episode. That's That stat with the WRC Plus with our entire lineup and everybody... The, the thing we were pointing out was that Judge was the entire offense. Everybody else had like a 20-something WRC Plus since August 4th, and Donaldson had 90. So, like, I don't know if that ma- – that doesn't really matter to me, but you know that the people that are in the walls of Yankee land making lineup decisions see that he's actually been a, a average hitter, and they're not going to not play him. I think they're going to play him. And like, the ba- another- you got to follow the money, too, and he's, he's getting the bag. They're going to make sure that
3: he's earning that paycheck. You know that. So I know that. I know that nothing that they're going to do is going to make sense, and that's why I'm upset. Is because as it's constructed right now, if I had to make a, a playoff roster tomorrow or a playoff lineup rather, Peraza would be at shortstop. Peraza would be at shortstop. IKF. I would put IKF at third. I don't even know if that would be necessarily
1: true. I think I'm not dead set on IKF I'm w- not over either. Donaldson at third. I oh, think I, I am. You
0: are? Oh my God! I mean, yeah. What's the
2: real difference there? Like, oh my
0: want to hear some God! I don't think there's a there.
2: huge difference in who we put there. Donaldson
3: is three good swings away from just being complete liquid fucking. Garbage and IKF this year. has
2: been an offensive
1: powerhouse for
2: <laughs> yeah, us this wait, year. No, um, not, not at, at all.
0: High leverage situations. Clearly, he is hitting 431 in high leverage situations.
1: Well, what define a high leverage situation? It's a stat. I kind of know, like fan but for the people that don't know what defines a high I, leverage I don't know situation. the
0: exact, what what exactly, mm-hmm. like what plays do and don't, but it's a, high leverage is high leverage. You know it when you see it. He is also <laughs> I said,
1: in, so in, the, in the definition of the sets. You know when you see it, We're just going to run eyeball this one. for you. All what?
0: Right. He also is hitting 400 against 96 mile an hour plus pitches, which is fourth in baseball.
3: That's pretty good. Yeah. That, that's just I don't saying, care was, about that. What my crazy. whole thing is if why I would put him there. If
0: he was playing Gold Glove shortstop, we wouldn't be talking about him. Is all I'm saying. He's not. <laughs> he's certainly not <laughs> doing. Yeah, <laughs> sure as fuck, I do it. This <laughs> like, say, I yeah, if he bad. was hitting
3: 300, yeah. we would be talking about. Him. I mean, if Glaber no, was I, hitting no, fucking 320 with 38 home shortstop. runs, like he would be the but, cemented second baseman. But he's not. That my whole thing of why I take him over Donaldson is because it's more than neither of them are hitting. And the defense is probably just about damn near the same. At least, at the very least, he provides speed. You have to dig into the shit of speed. uh, If you hit a ball on the ground, at least he can fucking beat it out. Donaldson either strike. I don't think he strikes out as much. Advantage IK if I never thought I'd be defending him. He doesn't strike out as much. He probably grounds into just as many double plays because he just fucking rolls over everything. That's his whole life. But I don't know. I think he provides a one extra dimension Donaldson doesn't. If you count the offense as being fucking non-existent for both of them, the glove is the same. At least he's fast. I get. I think this is turning into not who would you prefer at third base. I think it's who do you hate less. I hate Donaldson more because he's a shitty person too.
1: At least that's I what I mean. I tries. think that's what we're that's what we're talking about here. It's who do you hate less? And actually, I didn't bring this up on the last podcast either. And before this is obviously before the uh, IKF grand slam so the entire paradigm shifts after that but i was going to ask who do you think was a more hated player on the Yankees uh, IKF pre grand slam or Gary Sanchez Gary Sanchez
3: Gary
0: Sanchez is IKF Gary. was getting a
1: lot of hate yeah but i've i don't think i've
2: hated a yankee in recent years more than Gary Sanchez <laughs> I,
3: I i think i hate i actually think that i hate Donaldson more
2: He's such I, a I think. Did you see
3: so him? But like Gary, just, no. Did Gary you just see? looked like he looked just like he didn't give a fuck and just defeated after every single at bat. I'm so tired of watching Donaldson pimp flyouts and fucking singles. Did you see him the other day? He hit one off the fucking wall, pimped it, got thrown out. Of the Second, was like, "Aha! I'm going to do a push up in the infield. It's all fun and games. We've lost fucking thirty in a row, but that's okay. I'm going to do a push up and make everybody laugh." We're like, no. I did see somebody. You're a fuck.
1: I did see somebody interview him. I don't know who it was, but somebody. Oh, I think hey. it was somebody on TikTok was interviewing him, in like the dugout, and they were like asking about how he pimps home runs because he's when he was good, he was always doing like the chicks dig the long ball thing he was pimping home runs and all that it was fun and they were asking him you know why did your home run pimp change this season versus another one like what are you doing differently whose home run pimps do you like the best he's like yeah what i've been doing a lot recently well and i I paused there spit out my water, was like a lot (laughs) you're pimping home runs a lot mr sir you only have 12 and you actually 12 is way higher than i thought he had uh but regardless i thought that was funny when they were he was in the midst of a very big uh dry spell and they're asking him about pipping home runs. That
3: guy sucks, man. He just sucks at, he sucks as a person, he sucks as a player. I I do not like him. I don't like I didn't like Gary Sanchez at all, but I hate Josh Donaldson. Like Donaldson, it physically hurts me to watch him play baseball. Donaldson has been
1: I mean, it's it's honestly what would you prefer when you're talking about Donaldson or or IKF offensively slash defensively, whatever. I think Defensively, Donaldson's better. Um, offensively, it's what are you what are you trading? You're trading slightly more power at 12 home runs for the year versus IKF's apparent power that he has now at three home runs, but three <laughs> in the last like 24 hours. Basically, um, he's batting two sixty seven, Batting average doesn't really necessarily matter, but he, you also add 17 stolen bases versus Donaldson's two. So, OPS uh, plus is about the same at 95 and 87 in favor of Donaldson. So, I don't know. Um, all the stats are relatively even. It's it's what would you prefer? A little bit better defense in Donaldson or a little bit more speed to balance out the
0: lineup? Are we really getting that much more defense in Donaldson?
1: No.
2: I go. really don't care. Like I literally, I don't care I either, be, but we're I'll talking be, about we, be, <laughs>
0: This is something to talk no, about. But no, but
2: like, in terms of the lineup, like, those two people changing doesn't phase me whatsoever. I could see either of, them, either of those names in the lineup any given day and be like, okay, whatever.
3: Yeah, Neither of them you are like, just it like, does it, like, oh, does fuck it. yeah, he's starting. No, today? it's does not it a game changer. It's it's,
1: it's just like it's an automatic out, but how
3: automatic as long
2: is as, it? As long as one of them are playing <laughs> third base and not shortstop, I'm fine with whoever's playing there. I don't give a shit.
1: I just thought that. That more, are more more RBIs with runners in scoring position than Carlos Correa has
3: with the Twins. That's so fucking
2: play Donaldson, then pinch hit IKF in in uh, serious risk situations. Question. What
3: serious question? Do you guys actually believe? And I wasn't saying this as a joke because I have zero faith that the Yankees will do the right thing. Assuming Peraza, he had an awesome couple games yesterday. Obviously, his sample size is pretty small, but assuming he goes out and he hits over the last month, is there? Any shot that you see him
0: starting in October, because I, I don't, so. I don't think there is. I think there is. I think that if he plays for the entire, like the rest of the regular season, almost every day, and does what he's doing, it makes sense for him to play short, and I to play third. Especially if I calf keeps it up at third. But yeah, like, well, like dude, the said, way the way I'm this team is playing, right
2: thing. the way this team has been playing, and I've been saying it forever, like I don't care i really don't care who it is i hope i hope it's the young guys but whoever's playing well going into october just fucking keep playing them i i I don't want to get cute with this whole thing like
3: put the best team out there and whoever is playing well well that's that wasn't that that's not the question the question is do you think they'll even let him a play enough to be considered playing well or Or b even if even if he is do you think there's a chance that They bench him because I I legitimately believe if we come down this stretch and barring like he hits 600 over a month, I think if he hits, let's say, 290, he hits a couple home runs and he plays good shortstop. I think he I don't think I don't even think he makes the postseason roster. That's how little faith. That's how little faith I have in the office in the front office. That has nothing to do. It has nothing to do with his ability. It has all to do with. I don't think that they're willing to make that decision because they want to save egos and they want to. Continue to prove that they're the smartest people in the room.
2: No, I know, but but like why? I don't know. Why,
3: I think why, there's why, another piece to this, though. Sorry if you, you had some else.
2: No, I was just going to say why. Like I, from a managerial perspective, why play these guys? Because in the, in another the, piece. in the last season, last month of the season, just to bench them and send them down. Because health.
1: there's health, but there's also there's also the uh, trade piece. Is do you want to showcase him for a month, send him back down? They, they may have, they may not have had. Any plans whatsoever to start him in the postseason, but they just want to put on like a, a perfect game showcase so this offseason they could trade him and get someone else. Or they're not, not going to trade mention him. That we That's an alternative, that I'm we, saying.
0: Not to mention that we needed a spark. We got that time service manipulation thing out of the way. Right. And then two infielders are on the IL. So That's so yeah. And DJ come back, you know, who knows, but the timing was there. Yeah. And so hopefully he plays well enough to force their hand and they have to keep him up there. That's the thing. And that's, yeah,
1: yeah, that's what I brought up the other time was that because, and now for those of you that are listening for the first time, now that he is up, but we were saying before that because it was after a certain date, I forget what the date was, but they were allowed to bring up Oswald Peraza and not lose a year of service time. This year is, he's just. But also, like,
2: but I don't know if this is your point or not, but playing them and on, like, having them in the playoff roster just elevates their trade value even more if that's if that's, their, I don't if that's their purpose you
1: don't think so if no. he plays well enough for 1 month and then i think it's it's more of the fact that they don't want to put him out there so much that he against playoff competition so that he gets exposed and his trade value goes down so i think if he in in the per, best case We've been scenario the best case scenario teams. he the twins best just played the race. absolute best case scenario he plays well for a month this is for them i'm saying he plays well for a month and then he, they just put him back down and they have More value in this already top prospect. That would just be dumb. I'm just telling you what they're probably. No, I know. I know. I have bad news for you guys.
3: He's not getting traded.
1: So I'm just saying this is. It's it's a byproduct of what they're doing. They they aren't going to play him over Donaldson. You know that. On top of that, they could bring him up. We get the spark. It's a two for one, and you build a little value and. Maybe you give them some exposure too.
3: No, it's true. We've talked well, about it. They the don't really problem. care about the end result of October. They care about making it to October. So if you get the spark and you, this is what you and need you to win. make the fans happy. Too. Yeah, the this players is players what you guys, need to win the division. You call up your guy. You you win the division. You get the first round by, like Everybody's happy. Go lucky. Whatever. And then you can just send them down. Yeah, people will be outraged, but you're still going to make your money in the playoffs. What are you saying, Murph?
0: I don't, I don't think that it's like that black and white where they're thinking. You
3: don't, it's don't think it's, it's that like black and book. white?
0: No, but the problem, because listen, there are... <laughs> are we watching the same team? No, listen, No, but look, there are four people coming back. Where's his place when DJ comes back, Rizzo comes back, Bader comes back, Benintendi, who knows, and Carpenter. We were talking about Carpenter having being the right fielder in the playoffs like a couple of weeks no, ago. No, we weren't. We were he talking he about D.H. Or... Yes, either way, or then having Stanton in right, whatever.
3: You're going to tell me you'd rather we, have now, Aaron Hicks, I mean, Marwin Gonzalez... All these no, people no. are going to have Hicks bench Sparrow spots Gonzalez. over him yeah. as it sits right now. This is the whole point I'm trying to make. What even if it's not Peraza, it's going to be Cabrera or it's going to be another guy. I'm saying don't get comfortable and excited with the my whole point is bigger than just him. It's don't get excited with the young guys that are providing this spark because there's a 0% chance. I would say Cabrera maybe like a 10% chance, maybe less than that because he had a bad couple games that he's been eith, either of them make the postseason roster because why would they?
0: Yeah, Listen, you have five guys coming back who I just mentioned, and then there are four easy send-downs. You have Guzman. He's gone, obviously. Andihar probably gone. Florial gone. And then I would think that they'd send down Castro, but who knows? He could be helpful in the playoffs, but I, I doubt he's. But and Cabre- then who's Cab- the fifth?
2: But Cabrera's is Cabrera is more valuable as a bench player.
3: You don't have to convince yeah, us.
0: He can play wherever. But so that's the thing is that when those five guys come back, it's going to be between, you know, Marwin Hicks and Peraza for, for who's on the chopping block. And
3: I don't think that Ben and be and I don't think that Carpenter are going to be ready for the first postseason series. That's just full honesty. Cause a handmade, I don't know why he thinks he'll be back by the end of the month, but Damn, ever, you don't just recover so, from a hand. No, it's a injury. broken bone coming like, back,
1: coming back at all. Versus coming back and being productive and being like, shaking off the rust. We were talking about um, finish about Carpenter real quick. We were talking about Carpenter and having well, to shake off the rust. Did
3: you see his update yesterday? It was bad. What? No, that's what I I'm saying. That. Is that that's what I was getting to? Is that that's why I don't think he's coming back either. The update yesterday was like, yeah, it shows some recovery, but it's behind what they expected for him to return this month.
1: Right. So with all of these players, and I saw Andrew from Bronx trips mentioned this, and uh, what the Yankees were probably trying to do in September when they were not in September, but their eye on September was probably going to treat that as a spring training of sorts uh, to get people ready. This is when they did have a big lead in the ALEs. They don't have that luxury anymore, so they can't just treat it as a uh, get-right two weeks, three weeks leading into the playoffs for all of these guys that are coming back. Like you mentioned, DJ, Ben Carpenter, Bader, uh, Luis Severino, Rizzo, all, Rizzo, all these guys. Huge guys, and even Seton, who just came back. All of those guys, they were going to treat as a, let's just keep, and they're going to still do it. It's going to still be a a get right September for October, but they don't have the luxury of guaranteeing themselves a playoff spot. They're just going to have to, because either it's, you know, don't run them out there every day, give them rest here and there, and they don't get built up, and then what are you doing? But you're trying to chase wins with the guys that are healthy, or this, that, the third. I don't really know what they can do, but they're kind of fucked and they're between a rock and a hard place, and they just it, the, the main thing here is that they lost the luxury of being able to just have a a nice leisurely September where you brush off all these dead bodies, basically that are, that are injured and coming back, and just get them ready for the postseason. So um, I'm expecting hurt, rusty people if we do make it going into the playoffs, and it's just not going to be uh, a good brand of baseball. The
3: odds are definitely stacked against us. Yep. yep. So. I mean, you look at it right now. Your leadoff hitter, your top two leadoff candidates are both hurt and either going to be coming back in the playoffs or right before the playoffs and Benintendi and DJ. That's a huge loss. Right. And Your three-hole hitter and Rizzo, gone. Stanton, he's not on the IL yet, but he's hurt. And I don't think he was fully healthy when he came back. I think that was a necessity thing. I think if the Yankees hadn't lost like 16 out of 20 – he would have sat down for another two weeks. I'm just saying, you. this isn't like we lost Hicks. This isn't like we lost IKF or Donaldson. These are big, yeah. big pieces of this lineup. They were what were making it churn in the beginning of the year. Yep. And we're expecting them to come back off injury and, and, lead, just be you, good. Yeah, and lead you through a postseason. That's series? why I'm saying, no. I,
1: I saw Dan Rourke posted this on his Yankees Avenue page and said, ALDS game one isn't until October 11th understand how far that is, and this very much could be the best-case scenario lineup for the Yankees. Uh, on paper, this looks good. It's Benettendi, Judge Rizzo, Stan, Lemayhu, Carpenter, Torres, Trevino, Peraza at shortstop. That's it. We just talked about the Peraza shortstop thing. We don't think that's going to happen, but all of those names look great on paper, but we, will they be built up? Will they be rusty? Like That's all. And that's in best-case scenario. They all come back. They're going to have probably two weeks to get into playoff baseball shape mid-season, not mid-season, but like hypothetical mid-season form to be ready to beat some of the best teams in baseball who are going to give you their A guys in mid-season form. Like, you're not going to run out a rusty group of guys that, who all these guys weren't necessarily playing well even when they were healthy. So I don't know what makes everybody have this optimism that on October 11th, if we make an ALDS that that team can beat the Astros the even the Twins. Like I'm surprised that they're winning this series to be honest with the
3: team that they're even throwing out there, but that's why I don't read too much into this little four-game winning streak and three of them being against the Twins is at the end of the day we still our division lead's 5 games. Like right now, I think myself and every Yankees fan included, we're just checking off calendar days at this point. It's not a oh my god, the Yankees won. It's let's check the Rays, let's check the Blue Jays, let's check the Yankees. Thank God we can check off another day. Just get us to October, which is what I think the the front office looks at, but the difference is I don't know that they really care what happens there, but I don't know.
0: Here's the thing. We're looking at the Rays and the Blue Jays, and they're 8-2 and two in their last 10, both of them. So, mm-hmm. like, they're, yeah. they're coming. That's, so what, we I'm, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. They're here. They've
3: been coming for a month, and now they're here.
0: Right. Now they're here.
3: And now here we are. And I'm not reading anything into this twin series because we play the Rays this weekend. You want a, you, a temperature check on how this team's actually feeling? You roll out that shit you rolled out yesterday with Guzman batting cleanup against Shane McClanahan. No, well, you're, getting, you're getting no hit. I don't, he's, I don't he's know he's if he's hurt. back, but I'm just saying. Yeah, roll it out against fucking any of their pitchers. All Corey, of them. Are Corey Kluber. Corey Kluber. <laughs> it looks like he. Or that other. What's, every time the, he faces us? what's the dude that took a perfect game into the eighth the other day? He's got. I mean, he's incredible too. It's
1: like the Drew Rasmussen. Yeah, it was Rasmussen. So, like,
3: <laughs> pick any of these fucking guys. You roll out that lineup with Guzman cleanup, and you throw all- anybody out against this Yankees team, and they'll make him look like Cy Young. Well, you'd put up an actual Cy Young candidate against them, <laughs> then God knows what's going to happen. That's yeah. going to be your temperature check, and this is the biggest. We've said it like ten times, but this. Series against the Rays defines the season. You out there and you take two or three. I feel like we've said everything defines the season. Well, this one does. And then every single defining
1: season moment has been failed miserably. Well, and With the exception of that other two-game
3: series yeah. against the Mets. Okay, but take you take this one. Take two or three. And I think it's a three-game series. Take two or yeah. three, and you have a seven-game lead. Assuming they don't lose tonight. This sounds like a... And then you got a winning streak. <laughs> well, no, but if you lose to it a, from... it's major league <laughs> okay but if you lose to a three then you're down to what two and a half games three games if you get if the league gets cut down to three games they're losing this division yeah that's the bottom line if they get swept the remaining series
1: are Tampa Bay Boston for two at Boston at Milwaukee for three uh, home against the Pirates for two, uh, home versus the Red Sox for four. I'll be at that series. So, and then at Toronto for three against the Orioles for three and at Texas for four to close out the season. Um, yeah, I mean,
3: you play like you've been playing with that stretch you will not win the division and you're going to be limping into an away wild card series. Yeah.
1: Six of those games are, I mean, the ones that you have to circle, obviously are the three against Tampa and the three against Toronto, but I mean, uh, as bad Baltimore. as, as bad as three and Baltimore, Baltimore too. And as bad as Boston has been like Boston still plays up to us. And that's six games against them. And that's not like the rest of them are like bad opponents, but we haven't played bad opponents. Well, we are a bad opponent at this point. So I wouldn't even say that, like, Milwaukee, Pittsburgh, and Texas are cakewalks. So, I don't know.
0: Here's one other thing, though. The Rays do have a very tough schedule for the rest of the season. They have to play us, which, you know, obviously that doesn't sound too good. But then they have four... One, two, three, four. Seven games against the Blue Jays. So they're playing each other seven times before the end of the year. That's perfect. And they that's also what I'm have saying. About. The Astros. And that's the what Blue, I'm saying wait, about Jays, this weekend.
3: Yeah. Because they're going to beat up on each other. So if we can get, if you can win two of three this weekend, I feel uh, it's it's, not, good, no, not good, but I feel, confident we can win a division.
1: Wait, Merv, how many did you say that the Rays have against so Toronto? Because so the they have, they have nine. Have a, they have,
0: is it
1: nine? Yeah, they have a five game series. I guess it's a makeup one, two, three. Oh. Yeah, there's a double header on the thirteenth.
0: Right. Okay, yeah. Sorry.
1: They have nine games against each other. They're they gonna kick games. the shit out of each other. Counted. All right, so, so why exactly. are we even talking and about they the division have anymore? Six
0: against the Astros.
1: That's tough. They man. have to
0: play two series against the Astros before the end of the season. The
1: Blue Jays have it just as bad. They have they're at Texas, they have nine against Tampa, they have three against Baltimore, three more against Baltimore after that, three against I mean
3: if we don't make the if we don't the win the division, we two. deserve to get kicked out of yeah. the playoffs. I think well, this just reiterates
2: what Chandler was saying how important this weekend is coming up against the Rays. Thank you, Damon. Yeah. Luke was making fun
1: of me. For no, I, no, I'd no. Take care of business. No. At least, even if you split the series against them, like three games you can't split the series. And win, one the, and win, half the, each. win the win <laughs> the win the series. Uh, I think we're good to go. They they're going to beat up on each other. So math. Um, Clay Holmes is back.
2: Yeah, that's cool. That's not. Uh, i I'm not, I'm not uh, confident quite yet, but it's a brush, uh, breath of fresh air. Is it
1: enough to name him a no. closer of sorts? Nope. Who is? Of sorts, yes. Who is the closer?
2: I'm not saying Nobody. the closer, I'm saying closer of sorts. Who yes. is the closer?
3: We don't have a closer. Gun no to your head that. right now. Just give me Zach Bray Gotta to win game Zach.
1: seven of the World Series. Who are you putting in?
3: Ron Marinaccio. I don't know why that's <laughs> funny. Just, I, I He's know. been one of the best relievers in baseball. For longer than Clay Holmes, I, mean, I agree with
0: you, but he hasn't. He I, I he's think
3: has, just, he's, he's, still he's just Ron Marinaccio, though. Yeah, I still you know it. out there. You know it. That's no. the worst argument ever. No, that's the, your. That was your argument against Nestor for two and a half years. Was, well, yeah, but he's Nestor Cortez, that and not the, look at how that's bit. So baseball goes. It's baseball. There's season. a certain
1: pedigree to a player. If you that slots in that ninth inning game seven the World Series, and it, it, I don't think it's
3: Ron Marinaccio. To me, it is, I, and I don't really. I don't think that's laughable
0: at all. I don't think I, that's, I didn't. No, no one laughed. at Murph was Murph. I looked situation. at the fucking that's screen and laughed. Murph was laughing. I was laughing because he hasn't pitched in a save situation all year, and that's what you're gonna throw out. Yeah. When Clay Holmes is dealing, who has saved games yeah, most of yeah. the yeah. year? Doesn't um, make sense. I'm in Murph's he's camp. He's a great no, on, and he should be on, on the side roster, side and he should be, be doing it? what he's doing. Whoever's camp you want,
3: you ask me, gun to my head, with a game on the line, Game Seven. Who I want? I want Ron Marinaccio. I got my answer.
0: I mean, he sure. Put up there, the I the guess, answer is Clay Holmes, or it should g- be at least. The answer Clay Holmes. If Clay Holmes is on the IL, I'd entertain that. But I think Wandy over him, too.
3: No. What's the deal with Chapman? Dude, no, Wandy's been unreal wandy has been unreal i don't think you guys respect ron marinaccio i do just
2: but he's, a, he's never I closed do. the game he before look it. what happened to fucking clay holmes he who's was a, your
3: go-to guy who's your go-to guy? damon who's your go-to guy every extra innings game which we have every fucking not, night not the point not it's ron marinaccio with a guy on second to not preserve a lead or close it it's ron marinaccio every time you know i'm with you not my point every whatsoever. single extra innings is
0: also game. in the conversation too no he's not well has been dealing
3: one month isn't no, no, no,
2: no, dude! Look no. what happened to Clay Holmes. He was the best pitcher in like Yankee history for a
1: stretch of games. Went to go close out some games, and then he fell apart. See, like Murph mentioned, Luazga. You mentioned Clay Holmes. Even Chapman's in this conversation. He's totally not going to be. But I'm just saying I mean, those th- those names. I know he is. So I'm just I'm making a point. Those three names have to do less than Marinaccio does. Like all else equal, in a vacuum. Those two pitchers pitching like Loiziga and Clay Holmes only have to pitch well for like a week or two for the Yankees to be like, okay. Because yes. of their past pedigree, they'd be like, Okay, he's good enough to you like, didn't not, not have done it. I know, I'm you just saying to not cause an do. Ron Marinaccio literally has to do continue to do what he's doing and be be better than Loiziga and Clay Holmes by X amount, like he, he also needs to close a game. He, once he's, he, he doesn't like he he's a game before. He doesn't control his own destiny. Is what I mean. Like he he has to outwork other people. The other two have to just show that
3: they're competent. I'm, you didn't ask me what I'm are saying. the Yankees going to do. do. You asked me who saying? do I feel most confident. I get. Andrew, I got the answer. Now we're talking about what's going to happen. What's going to happen is it's going to be Clay Holmes. Okay, done. There's those wait, are two wait. totally separate questions.
0: Yeah, I mean, here's the thing though. Why. Ron Marinaccio is so great at his job and if there really wasn't exactly. anyone else I'm talking if the whole bullpen's struggling fine toss him in there see how he does but you have four or five viable options in the bullpen right now who have been in that situation why, why are you going to jump
3: you're acting hard? like and he has he's like the fifth inning mop up guy Like he's
0: not he, no, he, I he's know a, he's not he's a keep the game close for the sixth and seventh inning guy
3: he's not keep it close he's lock it down that's what he's so in there for. It
0: and lock it down. But he's, he's the, the guy that in, he's the middle inning, throw two if we need you, and you need that in the playoffs. So he's his value's there. Why are we gonna?
3: The most telling thing to him me him the, is about middle. how he can handle that situation is every single game that goes to extra innings, every single one. If it comes down to it, and he's available, he is the first guy out there to shut down that inning with a runner starting on second base, every single time. Good Every thing, time that. that he has not pitched, that's him. And you're going so tell me he that he can't pitch in high leverage? No.
0: I'm not saying he can't pitch in high no. leverage. I'm saying he has his role, Why, and he's doing – and he's bang up job in his role. One of the best relievers in baseball. Like you said, I agree with all of that, and I'm not shitting on Ron Marinaccio, But you have Clay Holmes, who has 19 saves and is pitching well. I know he had that little bump. You have Wandy Peralta, who has three saves, pitching pretty well. He hasn't done great in the ninth inning, so maybe not him. But then you also have Licky, who's done pretty well. In that oh my game. fucking god! I'm what just saying, talking there about are people here. who have saved games on your roster. If you
3: Yankees. can look me dead in the eyes and tell me no, you'd rather I'd, have Lucas take Licky take closing a Licky. game than Ron Marinaccio, then this conversation. But who? Because that's that they, asinine, the fact, that's that, they have, I, no, the fact right. that they have. I'm with Murph.
1: The fact that they have saves I, on their on their belt means that this is what the Yankees are going to do. They've that's that's it they're like them showing their hand is like, hey. We trusted these guys to get saves. They got them. What makes you think anything is going to be different in the playoffs?
2: I honestly think it's. I think it's more to Merce's point. What are you about laughing at,
3: Lucas Licky over
2: right? I didn't say that. No, I'm no, just no, saying. No, no. I didn't.
0: Say, I didn't here. say you. You are taking that way past what I'm saying. Yeah. I, my point is, he has his role, does it beautifully, and we don't need him to fill the closer role. Do I think that's so more of a I point have, to
2: anything else? Like, if if if, if we have someone who can get the job done and he's perfect at his role, then Keep it that way. Don't fucking don't change it. If it's not broken, it ain't
1: broke. Don't fix it.
2: You asked me
3: gun to my head. What I want. Why are you going
1: to keep bringing that up? We, we, we've established there's two different questions and we've answered both now.
3: God want to talk about the article.
2: Sure.
1: It's a lot of fun. Um, so essentially this article was saying that judge had the toughest path to 60 home runs and he's, I mean, obviously we're assuming he's going to do it, but he's at 55. Um, I guess I'll preface this just to make it a fun little conversation. I guess we just do this check-in every every so often. Do you think what do you think the percent chance he has to in your mind to break Roger Maris' record? I mean
2: pretty fucking good chance, I'd say. That's exactly what I was looking for. Like put a number to it. Seventy.
1: Chandler?
3: Does he have fifty five? I would say I'm gonna price his right Damon with like sixty eight. <laughs> Lower.
2: Yeah. Damn. You could have said sixty nine, man. Murph. That's funny.
1: Sixty <laughs> one. <laughs> I see what you
3: did there. Uh, <laughs> I see nice. what you did there. Uh, well, like
0: also kind of a realistic number.
3: Yeah. I don't think it's a closed case. Like
1: no, I mean home runs come in bunches. He's currently hot. We had, you just got to hope that that hot streak continues. I mean, he has like what twenty games left. I think we have He's one on month pace
0: exactly. For 65 right now.
3: Yeah, but, so. but you go three games without one, that drops to 60. Right. Like, he didn't hit one in... Right. I mean, if that's he doesn't hit
1: I'll one today, then it's... Like, that. that graphic, which I love, by the way, every time they put that graphic down, the chasing history one with him versus Maris, that graphic, you know, that's exactly to a science of where Maris was. It's not a pacing thing. It's to the game. Like, Maris... One game in three games from now could have had a three home run game that is just gonna bump that number up. You know what I mean? If Judge doesn't hit home run home run for three games, and there's that one Maris game where he hit three home runs, like then he's no he's behind the eight ball. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I th- I I think I'm I think he's really gonna do it. I think he's gonna be like closer to seventy three percent. There's
2: just like it just kind of aside from the fact that mathematically he's on pace to do it. I think that just storyline of everything happening like there's no way he doesn't do it in my perspective it's like he him and like his mindset and this whole season of him betting on himself and then he was out there and breaks the record like that is just the perfect ending to the season that he set out set out yeah watch beginning.
1: it watch it be like he goes like, out and he tries to bet on himself all this and just breaks
2: records like that's insane breaks the
1: record and what's his name the fucking president of the yankees
3: Randy Levine. Randy he's is still going to find a way to shit on
1: I mean, him. Yeah. He's going sh- to shit. T- he already did. He just did shit talk, Judge. We didn't even talk about yeah, that.
3: He didn't, like, shit talk. Ab- he did, though. But he was, was a backhanded like, shit talk. Yeah, he was like, we know his value. It's just a matter of basically, like, if he knows his own value. He was like, yeah. it's just getting a yes. Like, we know what he's worth. Like, like right, we yeah. have this
1: value out there for him. We gave him an offer. And he was basically saying, and let's dive into this a little bit because we didn't talk about it on the last podcast. He was basically saying that, you know, You're not worth this much. We offered you this much. I mean, that's just going to come back to smack us right in the face because value is derived from what everybody else perceives it as. And as soon as he hits the open market, that's his value. And somebody will pay more than we will pay or we have offered. So the the gall that Randy Levine has to say like, oh, we know his value. He's got to come around to us. That's just a losing battle. You're going to lose Judge if that's just your mindset. Not, if that's the mindset for a re-signing Judge, that he'll come around. You're the Yankees. Why not? He'll come back. Like, you're going to lose him within seconds because somebody else is going to give him three, more north of three hundred million dollars for like eight years, and he's going to. People were talking about him getting. I guess it was a Rod. So take it with a grain of salt. But he was saying he's going to be north of a the first fifty million per year that's player. Not gonna it's not going to happen. But he's going to get a lot of money. And just the very fact that Randy Levine was like putting the blame on judge for thinking his value is astronomically higher than it actually is, is ridiculous to me because like I said, his value is going to be determined on day one of free agency when his phone is ringing off the hook because he just broke Roger Maris's record.
2: Did you guys, did you guys see Glaber do the check signing thing? I sent it to you.
1: No, was that you didn't
2: see it. That's why I was asking.
3: You motherfucker.
2: Anyway, I watched it, Chandler. But thank you, Damon. You're the what only one it? who um, actually watched so my show. So after Aaron Judge hit the home run, he's in the dugout, and there, Glaber was behind Judge's shoulder, looking at the camera, and Glaber goes with a, like a little check, <laughs> and points at Judge. Did Judge like react to it? <laughs> yeah, they were like laughing. It was pretty funny.
1: That's fun. Laughing's fun.
3: Here, I'll show
2: you again. This is a great radio, guys. Yeah. Chandler's currently showing Rella a video oh. with no audio.
3: Swat. There is oh, no he wasn't
1: games. even. Go ahead, uh, Murph.
0: 25 games and he needs six home runs.
1: Yeah. I, I and think he,
0: he So I, Here's the thing. I'll go month by month. He's played at least <laughs> 25 games. In every month that he's played at least 25 games, the lowest amount he's had in that time is nine. How
3: many does he have this month?
0: Four so far in six games. So that's gets, not, that's uh, but But there's a month left in the season. Right. 25 games left so
3: we
1: well, certainly don't have to worry about resting starters because you know we, be we, so have, we have a
3: division to win you know what's going to be so funny don't say he gets is, hurt no, not that. yeah that's hilarious Ha-ha. <laughs> no what's going to be funny mm-hmm. is when we're sitting there and we've wrapped up the division like god I hope and there's like 6 games left he's one away and they're just going to start resting him like he's gonna not they're not going to see that that is obviously this is obviously a joke but that
1: that brought up my other point that i said in the group chat i was like do you think that
3: don't even say it no no i thought it
1: would because it's a different unwritten rule it's the fact that i think other teams should not be intentionally walking judge when he has a chance at history like that because that's just pussy like what well I, I get not, I get you have a game to play. They're
0: I trying to yeah. win. Games. I know you they're have not, a game. That's not why they're walking him. The Cleveland or not Cleveland, Minnesota walked like eight batters all year. They didn't you looked at the dugout, if you watched the game, it pained whoever the hell their manager is for I forget Rocco his name.
3: Baldelli, I think.
0: It, Rocco Baldelli, thank you. He it like pained him to walk him. He didn't want to walk him. He right. wanted to catch him. It's the
3: smart it, baseball it, thing to situation. do. These guys are hunting a division. I know. It's just it's not
0: like when Barry Bonds got walked a hundred and whatever times in that one season. and in it was it the season he hit seventy three? He still got walked that many times. Yeah, he had he had, he had like four hundred yeah. plate appearances. It's, it's not that. <laughs> or yeah, at bats, rather. That. Yeah. All right. They're not well, going to intentionally walk him with the bases loaded or the bases empty or anything right. like, that. like I yeah, that. I just that think it's that would be just crazy. like that's an That's what right I mean.
1: There. That's what I mean. Like just not to face him in a situation like that. That's an unwritten rule. Like don't intentionally walk him just because is you think he's going to hit home run. Like let the guy have have a chance to make some history. Uh, so with all that being said. Getting to this article, finally. Um, Basically, Mike Petriello wrote a really good article that um, broke down the reasons why Aaron Judge is having a a much more impressive season than the rest who have hit uh, 60. Obviously, he hasn't hit 60 yet. But the others, like I mentioned before, Babe Ruth, Roger Maris, Sammy Sosa three times, Mark McGuire twice, and Barry Bonds once. Um, Last person to do it was Barry Bonds in 2001. Aaron Judge in 2022 is at 55. So the things that he brought up, um, basically just the cliff notes, and I guess we can go piece by piece and then just react to each each factor here. So the one thing that he said was, Judge is, one, facing more pitchers than anybody else on this list has faced. And as you know, facing a pitcher, different pitchers, they're different arm angles, different funky delivery, all this, that, the third. I mean, Judge is, is projected to have—he will he will face 250 pitchers by the end of the year. Babe Ruth in 1927 faced 67. Roger Maris in 1961 hit, faced 101 pitchers. And the trio in the uh, turn-of-the-century trio of the, the steroid era faced around 200 apiece. So Judge will have faced more pitchers by the end of the year uh, than any of them. And just a fun stat with the 1927 Yankees— uh they use 10 pitchers all year both relievers and starters so that just i think this goes more to the the tune that just like the way baseball is has changed and the modern uh i think i guess this goes hand in hand with the other point that i was saying is like starters just aren't going as far into games like that old adage not old adage the new adage that you know people come out by the third time of the order because both the pitcher is less effective and the batter is Knows the pitcher more and is more likely to hit him better, but I guess I'll just stop there and let you guys react to that. Yeah, I mean, what was what was the other stat that um, the amount of pitchers he's facing is two hundred
2: yeah. and fifty versus sixty seven, one hundred one, and two hundred. No, that was the one, the other one about uh, Babe Ruth was like he's he. Like, the third time through a lineup or something like that, he had Oh, most, Babe Ruth yeah. has
1: 31 of... 31 of Babe Ruth's 60 home runs Yeah, that were one. versus starters and through the third time of the order.
2: That, that to me, like, just speaks volume right Which there. Which
1: is 52, like, 2%, and Judge has 19% of his home runs yeah. in his season. I'm honestly
2: surprised that the, the steroid error, guys, that the number of pitchers they faced was that high. I thought it would be a little bit lower than that, but... Um, I mean, it
3: was, like... That's late years, 90s, 20 years early 20s. The game has had... changed a ton in 20 years. Yeah, but they still had relievers. Like it wasn't like Babe Ruth. Yeah, but but it like was like if from you're from pitching a... until your elbow literally
2: is. No, I know melted on. I the know, ground. but I'm saying like the game has changed a ton, and relievers have a much bigger role nowadays.
1: Yeah, right. And that's just showing how starters are how were throwing back in the day. It's just like they're way, used way less often nowadays because of injury and I think it's mainly because of that third time through the order thing which is not a joke it's no it's real it's real like people are hitting I, I'm not going to cite the actual points but he went into it in the article so definitely give it a read like the OPS numbers are higher third time through the order with for everybody across the board and then just with the starters throwing less nowadays it's just like it's not just the number of pitches like those Back in Babe Ruth's day, the relievers were only used in case of a disaster. Like, the modern bullpen isn't at all what it used. Like, you never used any relievers. You had somebody throw till their arm fell off. You had ice. <laughs> and <laughs> and they only used 10 pitchers in, back in that day. And just, like, that obviously became less and less of a thing towards the steroid era, guys. But even to that point, like, there's a, there's a good chart. And I'm going to try to do my best to... Uh, to talk about it so because it's obviously in front of me, but uh, the percentage of plate appearances against a starting pitcher, Judge only has 60% versus Babe Ruth, 77, and everybody in between is obvious they're less than Judge. More, They have more pitches seen against starters. And then third time through the order against the starting pitcher, 17% for Judge, 35% for Babe Ruth, and everywhere in between for the rest of them. It's just he's seeing less pitches against starters. And less pitchers through third time through the order, and actually a really fun stat was that the fourth time through the order, um, the major leagues in twenty twenty one combined for just fifty five hundred twenty six plate appearances against the starter the fourth time through the order, and Judge has two, and the rest of them. If you look at that, like Babe Ruth hit a dozen home runs off of uh, a starter he saw for the fourth time that day. Sosa hit five off a starter for the fourth time that day. Bonds hit four in 2001. Judge had two, and they are both being, <laughs> been against Max Scherzer.
3: I think the coolest I part of a it...
0: a little bit of a hole in that?
1: Yeah, go ahead.
0: Just, and, and it's the, obviously everything you just said is very true, but the reason that the starters were going that long in the Babe Ruth era was because you never came out of the game because you were tired or threw too many pitches. If you were pitching well, you're finishing the game. That's why wins mattered so much more in complete games and all that. And there were no relievers. Relievers came in if you suck that day. So when he's facing these starting pitchers, you know, the third, fourth time through the lineup, it's because they're pitching well that day. So it's not like today where, you know, you you might face a starter and then you get a reliever later on because the pitcher threw a lot of pitches and the teams worked around it. Like that didn't really matter. Right. And then when he's facing these relievers, it's not like the relievers were like the relievers today. They were. As bad as the starting pitchers, so I just don't put too much weight on that with the Babe Ruth side. Well,
1: I do because I it, it's not it's not about out. it's not about that. It's about the familiarity, not the the fatigue. It's it's that's exactly what it is. It's a, a batter knows more of that pitcher, and regardless if they're dealing or not, the reason why they're going in longer, the numbers, again, he points them out in the article. Like the numbers are astronomically different. Just be, again, based on the familiarity, like seeing that guy. A third time, and let alone a third time that day, like I said, teams are throwing 10 guys total. Babe Ruth faced oh, 60, shit. 67 people all year. I take a lot of <laughs> like, stock in the you know balls the guys that you're facing in
3: offense trying I, to be dead in this year. Like, look at the I think it's in yeah, there. It's I was like, get the, to that. the league average for crazy slugging is like 390 and judges slugging like 607 or so, 640 or something like that is huge to me. If you take this same season, you put it in 2019 where. Gleyber Torres are almost 40 home runs and everybody can flick their wrist and hit it out of the fucking ballpark. Like they made a conscious effort to not have juice balls this year. And he's still doing that. That's what impresses me. It's not like he has cheap shot home runs.
1: So I wanted to point that out and I'll let you go right after that. Murph, I'll just put out the the stats. So, and I, there was a funny quote in there, the rising tide lifts all boats. And I think that plays very well into this whole situation because When you look at the graph and you look at the difference of the top home run hitter that year versus the second home run hitter that year. You go back to all those other years and you see, you know, obviously there's something going on when Sammy Sosa hits 60 home runs three times and he never led the league in any of those years. It was always somebody else that led the league and he hit 60 fucking home runs. So there's something going on there. Obviously, the steroids, that's a big piece of it. But it's also a, a, a factor of all this other stuff, you know, the facing more, less people, this, that, the third. But it's it's the steroids. But um, <laughs> <laughs> regardless, it's and it's certainly it feels more impactful to be first by a whole lot versus just second best that year and still hitting 60 home runs. But when you look at uh, the remaining six, including Judge, he has the largest gap um, over second place at 55 right now versus Schwarber's 36. That's a 19 home run gap. Uh, Babe Ruth had a 60 home run season. Lou Gehrig was in second at 47. That's a 13 homer gap. Bonds had 73 over Sosa. (laughs) Poor bastard. It's one (laughs) of the three. He had 64 versus Bonds at 73. It's a 9 homer gap. Maris at 61 versus Mantle's 54. They wrote a movie about that. That's a 7 homer gap. Maguire seventy over Sosa again at sixty six. That's a four homer gap. Maguire sixty five versus Sosa sixty three. That's a two homer gap. So it's just wild to me that you know in in a time like you said before, it'd be more, less it'd be less impressive and more likely for him to break the record in twenty nineteen when the balls were juiced. But it's not happening. And this year, like you mentioned, the American is doing it in in a quote unquote like dead ball era. It seems like it's it's not because of the balls. But it's more so the fact that you know pitching's better. everybody's throwing faster. There's another graphic in here that I'll talk about in a second. Everybody's throwing 95 plus, it seems, but the numbers also back that up. But just to put it all into a nutshell, the American League slugging percentage as a whole is 391 this year. Judges is 682. So he's outslugging the rest of the entire American League by 75 percent. Which is the largest gap since Bonds did two decades ago, and it's the largest gap in Yankees history since 1927.
2: How many? Uh, I can find that really quickly. Quickly, actually, I was going to ask how many hits uh, Judge has. I don't know. It's an um, excellent question.
3: Dude. I got a lot of stats.
2: But uh, I'm, I'm funny not right that now. One. Give me, give me two seconds. He has 147 hits. Uh, yeah,
1: but again, to your point, he's doing. He's not just hitting for power he's doing it all he's, he's no yeah you no. said this morning he's like 11 points off from the triple crown
2: yeah yeah the, the reason i brought that up is because like in i this is my favorite stat i think in all of baseball um it's in barry bond's 70 uh whatever home run season he only had 140 hits total so every other hit was a home run <laughs> well that every third insane. for judges that is my right favorite stat of all time and I don't know how that really ties into this whole thing, but I just want to bring that up because that is my favorite thing of all time and I find it so funny.
3: Every third for Judge. Well, so maybe, maybe that, maybe,
2: yeah, maybe that does just kind of reiterate reiterate how well just overall hitter Judge is because he has 147 hits and like also fucking right. fifty five home runs. Like he's doing it all this year. And
1: I know I mentioned that the slugging percentage going up, but specifically for Judge the third time through the order, to go back to that for a second here. Um First career he has a 526 slugging percentage against starters the first time he sees them and he has a 664 slugging percentage the third time he sees them which is why it's it's such a rare opportunity because he only sees that 17% of the time versus everybody else's 35%, 30% of the time they're seeing a starter the third time through the order. So
0: I'm curious uh what it is the second time through because I feel like just I test wise, like the majority of those home runs have come the second time through the order. It just feels like he is always hitting one in the third or fourth inning.
1: Mm.
3: Yeah. I, I, don't I don't know. Ask Mike Petri. Um, <laughs> How about Garrett Cole last night? Not, I don't know if you guys are done with this. No, there's a couple more that I wanted to point oh, Okay, out. Well, go ahead. Wait, then we'll can we talk we about, about
0: the run differential thing. Cause so I'm going to give you some credit for not completely shitting on Babe Ruth with this article. Cause I was ready to defend him <laughs> sort of, but the home run differential thing you just mentioned those like high top five seasons whatever Babe Ruth had led 35 home runs over the next guy in 1920 1921 and then 26 and 26 and then 23 in 1928 so like those aren't there are bigger gaps there
1: right so as the resident Babe Ruth hater I will counter that's not a brag (laughs) I'll counter with that, but this is just another point, so it was a good segue into the next part here. Um, he obviously, this is a pre-integration uh, era of baseball, and there was the Negro Leagues, and famously he played against, and this isn't his fault, Like this isn't um, like, his, a fault of his that he didn't play against the top talent, but guys like Satchel Paige and other, I know Murph has more names that he was mentioning today in the group chat when we were talking about this, but he didn't play against the top talent of... The league. I make the funny argument that he played against electricians and librarians and stuff like that. But, I mean, he didn't face some of the best pitchers in baseball. So, just, I mean, Judge is. And Judge is facing the best players in the world. So, he's doing it against the best talent. So
0: Yeah,
2: absolutely. <clears throat> Hope he does it.
1: There were some other funny ones in there. Era. Yeah, there was some other funny ones in there that I didn't really put as much stock in. The expansion era is one of the the good ones. But one more fun one that you talk about the expansion era is that just the travel, which I, I don't think isn't a isn't a, you can't like write it off completely. I just thought it was fun to compare um, that judge and the rest of the Yankees have will have traveled three, 32,755 miles on the year, and that's nearly four times as much as. Babe Ruth did in 1927. He's traveled eight thousand, eight thousand miles. I, want, I the stupid stat. I, I don't think sorry. it's a stupid stat. I think it's really it's a stupid. St- I think stat. it's fun. I, I don't. I'm not putting as much stock. I mean, obviously, the other points to me are what are actually it makes, it makes this actually article about, valid. Like, their
2: health and like how?
1: <laughs> right. He ate hot dogs. Breakfast. Yeah, Judge
2: <laughs> Six Seven it's like. Working out every day Peak and they smoking condition. cigars like in the dugout. No,
1: I, I think that was just fun to compare, but the other big one. And then, like I said, Murph, if you could talk about the expansion stuff. Cause I actually didn't really fully get that was just, and everybody knows this and everybody talks about it is that the pitching is just better nowadays. And there's a really cool graphic that shows that, you know, fastballs are being thrown less, but when they are thrown, and this is as compared to 2008 uh, to 2022 and it's just a graph, um, Fastballs are in 2008 were being thrown. What was it? It's 56% of the time fastballs were thrown compared to 2022 where there's 50% of fastballs being thrown. Uh, But of the fastballs that are thrown in 2008, only 12% of them were above 95 miles per hour. And of the fastballs thrown in 2022, 32% are thrown above 95 miles an hour. So... Balls are balls are flying and people are throwing just less fastballs. You're getting there's no no such thing as like a fastball count anymore. So, um, and for Judge too, he's a guy who hits two thirds of his career home runs against the fastball. So he's seeing less fastballs. So if you place Judge in a different era, even like I'm comparing to 2008 or even before that 1990s, he would have faced more fastballs and slower fastballs. So.
3: Well, Aaron Judge just grounded out, so his season's <laughs> over. So, so let's go ahead and. He's
1: a fraud. Yeah. But Murph, did you want to talk about the expansion era thing?
0: No, I mean, I don't think that's that big of a factor because the idea was that since there are expansion teams, there are new pitchers who wouldn't have been in the majors that they're facing, but who knows how many home runs that actually accounted for. But except for Babe Ruth, you know, all of the Maguire, Bonds, Sosa years with this many home runs have all been. And Maris within f- and Maris were within four years of an expansion. So that's just, yeah. it's like that kind of seems like a little bit of a coincidence. Cause obviously there are other factors, steroid factors. Yeah. But, <laughs>
1: yeah. I don't know. There's one big driver and it, it start, it's a, it's a needle, but um, no, I, I did think that that was the one thing that I took from that is that, you know, uh, like there's a few teams that might have added like there's 20 new pitchers, and those pitchers might have been minor leaguers, so those guys are now facing guys like the Barry Bonds, the poor bastards, and like it's pretty much like that rehab assignment that Degrom goes on. He just mows down minor leaguers. It's that, but on the other side, for minor leaguers coming up, and yeah. But how to-
0: many of those pitchers did they really have home runs off?
1: No, pitch? no, it probably not that many, but it's just something of note, I guess. But the the big driver there was for sure the steroids, and I think Maris was just coincidence.
0: No, it's it's. One of the most—it's definitely the most impressive season in my lifetime, except maybe Miggy's triple crown. It's by far the best Yankees single season I've ever seen.
3: I thought you were gonna say Miggy's rookie of the year campaign in 2018.
1: No, I know, but you—you mentioned Miggy's triple crown. Like a lot of people are talking about Judge's amount of home runs and saying like that's why he should be MVP. I mean, the dude has a fucking 400 OBP.
0: He should be the MVP, and it's not even I. I mean I don't it's think it's close. close I don't think it should be close.
1: It should. It should
2: it should be We e-damage. talked about this
1: last episode, yeah. but I, I just think Oh, this is ridiculous. What is I, I just wanted to go through this article in depth just to show how actually actually crazy it is. But I think of all of this that we just mentioned, the craziest thing to me is just the the gap between him and the next closest guy. Because that that tells you everything. That tells you that it's not a good year for power hitters. And he's still doing it.
0: He's not doing it like... Yeah, and what the gap shows is there was no gap in the 90s and early 2000s because they were all taking steroids. Yeah. And then, you know, so there's no no factor like that where you can kind of point it out. Like, he's so far ahead. And obviously, I just talked about the Babe Ruth gap, but that was also a different game where nobody was hitting home runs. He was the first guy to do it. So no shit, there's going to be a gap like that. But he's, play yeah. It's just, and you have to have a special season like that if you're going to beat Otani for an MVP. And I think that's the thing that we're kind of not considering is because yeah. the reason Otani's getting MVP is because oh, it's something nobody's done before. He's a unicorn, whatever. And that's all well and good. But Judge is doing something that we haven't really seen before in this era. And probably
1: baseball. won't happen anytime soon. I, I mean, I yeah, afterwards. this this record has stood since 1961. Yeah. So, and it stood through the juiced ball era. It stood through the steroid era. It, like it's, it's, it's actually insane. And I, I know we've talked about it pretty much the whole season because it's been the only fun storyline to talk about for the last few months. But now that it's within striking distance, I would be so goddamn upset if it doesn't happen.
2: Yeah. Well, he's got time, so let's see what happens.
1: Yeah, that gap of 19 home runs over Schwarber tells us could potentially be two things. One, that... Uh, Judge is on steroids secretly, and he's the only one. I mean, do he's fucking uh, a massive human. Yeah, imagine we injected Judge with steroids. Just imagine. I, I, I don't know. It's crazy. That's great. This is what's just, next.
3: We have a football game happening soon. Yeah, I just <laughs> I just thought that was that was fun. Garrett Cole struck out fourteen. That was cool. Snaps were right great. Yeah. yeah, I thought he looked great. He went back to his fastball. I saw those. Uh, I think it was either his fourth most or the fourth time this year he's used it that much. So. Maybe fucking take a look. Garrett, pitching staff, uh, Matt Blake, all you guys. Maybe we use his best pitch. I don't know. I'm not a pitching coach, but if it were me, I would use his best pitch and do that going forward. Um, Did you see that? He I thought le- he was lights out, though. Leads he league he in, out. leads league in Ks and innings pitched this year. Yeah. yeah. No, he's, he's, he's actually had a really good season. Yeah. Like, And people shit on him. He's had some blowups, and that can't really – the blowups can't happen as often as they do for a guy that is in such a high profile market on a team that this high of expectations and everything like that. But I mean, look at the full body of work and tell me that this guy's not an ace. Like that's just, and I've been the first person to be critical of him too. But over the last two months or so, the dude's been dominant and he's also not got any help at all from his defense or offense lately. So yeah, I, I don't know how yeah, started them leads
1: the league and game started innings pitched strikeouts at 218. He's he's going to finish the year close to if not across 200 innings pitched He's yep. at 171.1 right now. I mean, I, I think it is just the blow ups. It's the blow ups that make us because we see it on, under a microscope. We see him on a daily basis. Uh, and that's why I always try to compare it. And it's tough to compare it to his days in Houston where we only saw him in the big games and he showed up and shoved shoved for us versus when you see somebody day in, day out. Um, but when you look at the final numbers on the season, it's, it's a pretty good season. I mean, he got the ERA back down to 3.2. I know we were he talking about. He may sneak
3: into, not the Scion conversation seriously, but he may top sneak five. back into that top five. I if he will. keeps us up for, what's he got, probably three more starts, maybe four? Probably four more starts. I, he, I, mean, I mean, who's
1: gonna?
3: I mean, McClanahan's hurt, Verlander's hurt, Manoa, maybe you would have to have an amazing uh month. Dylan
2: Cease
1: but. Cease is gonna win it. I think,
2: I, mean, yeah. I think, I think yeah. the whole like Garrett Cole conversation is like it's obviously so much easier to talk about when he does shitty. Because we're like, oh, like he he should be doing so much better. Then like he again, he had 14 Ks and pitched a gem the other night. And we barely talked about it. So like his good games fly under the radar. We're like, oh yeah, he pitched well. Yeah, but his bad games, his bad games, we we talk about it for three hours. Yeah, because
1: and for for was good reason. reason because correct, you paid him you paid him on a night one night basis. And if that's the thing, if he shows the cracks in the armor, that that can happen to him. That's horrifying as a Yankee fan because then you have to run that guy out there no matter what in a a winner, go home playoff game. And whether it's a wild card, I know that's gone now. They're all series. But when Garrett Cole goes out there in a series, if you don't win that game, you're fucked because then you have to rely on another person to win a different game without Garrett Cole on the mound. So especially with this offense as shitty as it's been offensively, it's just, yeah. I mean, that's why it's easy to to freak out about the Garrett Cole stuff.
0: He's He's still leading the MLB at strikeouts. still Garrett Cole.
1: Yep. Yep.
3: that's why I said it a couple episodes ago and I, I stick to it that I think this year is kind of an outlier. I think he's ran into some bad luck and I think he's kind of let his blow ups actually blow up. Um, I think going forward, he'll probably limit that fingers crossed. So I, I don't know. I, I, he's throwing as hard, if not harder than ever, everything still looks sharp. I don't think that the spider tech narrative is real, did his stuff drop off? Yes. But so did everybody else's. Uh, I don't know. I'm not worried about him for the future, uh, I guess. And that has nothing to do with yesterday. It's just something worth re-mentioning now that you can say without, you know, people bringing up fucking torches and pitchforks. So, yeah,
1: Yeah. I mean, his baseball savant still lights up the page.
3: He's having a damn good year. Yeah.
1: All right. Anything else you guys want to talk about? You guys want to go watch football? Uh, no, go let's go. Yanks. What'd you say? You say go Bills?
0: Go Bills. Let's go Jets. Tonight. Let's All right. Go, go
1: Stefan Diggs. I need to. Let's go FSU. Oh, yeah.
2: Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried and true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love.